Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I am your constitutional attorney extraordinaire, Chris Ann Hall, bringing you the current events from a constitutional and principled perspective. So happy to have you with me here for this fabulous Friday edition of the Chris Ann Hall Show. Big, 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 big news coming out today. The warrant, the uh, affidavit, the petition being released on the Mar-a-Lago search. And I'll just sort of, spoiler alert, I told you so. You know, I really hate it when I'm right about these things. But, you know, Patrick Henry said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that's the lamp of experience. I know no way to judge the future but by the past. And Alexander Hamilton said, experience is the oracle of truth, and where its responses are unequivocal, they ought to be held to be sacred and conclusive. So people say, Christian, how do you predict what's going to happen with such great accuracy? Well, I'll tell you, it's not because I'm a psychic prophet. It's it's none of that. I, I don't have a crystal ball, um, and most of the time I'm not having divine, fantastic visions, excuse me. It's simply, I know history and I know a lot of it. I know human nature. I am a student of human nature. There is no such thing as a good historian who's not a student of human nature. Let's just be clear about that. So I'm a student of human nature. And because human nature never changes, hey, raise your hand if you've heard of a guy named Solomon, right? Raise your hand if you've heard of a guy named Solomon. Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. Why is there nothing new under the sun? Because human nature never changes. And because human nature never changes, we as people always end up doing the same things over and over and over again. And unfortunately, because we spend more time doing things than studying history, we end up actually repeating our mistakes. And so that's how I can tell you. That's how I was able to tell you exactly what this redacted document was going to look like before it ever came out weeks ago. As soon as they told us we're going to review and see if there's going to be a redaction, then, you know, I knew I knew what was going to be released. Now, before we get into the Mar-a-Lago issue, there's one important thing that I want to cover with you. And I don't want this to slip by. I was thought maybe I'll wait till Monday, but I don't want it to wait till Monday because I don't want to forget about it. OK. Joe Rogan. Interviewed Zuckerberg. OK, Joe Rogan interviewed Zuckerberg about Facebook and the elections. More specifically about Facebook, well, I don't I don't I don't want to give it away. So will uh, Christian go ahead and play that video. Remember if you're watching on Instagram right now, you got to go to the show at six o'clock and see the video. But go ahead, Christian and watch the video and will I, I want to, I need to be able to hear it too. Okay. So watch the video with me and 
I want to talk to you about what is happening here because I don't want you to miss what has really happened because it's really, really big, guys, really big. And nobody's talking about it because I think it's sort of, I think it's like flying over heads and just people aren't paying attention. But go ahead and play it now, Christian. Things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial. Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Okay, can you, I don't think you can yeah, pause so that. you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically the background here is the FBI, I think basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. Okay, we, that's we all we got. We have, so um, remember, if you're watching on Instagram, you're going to have to watch the show at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear what just happened. And those of you who are watching now on the show at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or later uh, after we've broadcast, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you can watch us do this live. Now, I want to point out to you what Joe Rogan said. He said... How does Facebook deal with issues that are controversial, especially when it came to the election? How did Facebook deal with issues that were controversial? That was the question. Joe Rogan said, uh, Twitter did some censoring. Did you censor these issues too? Right? Can you play that again, Christian? And then just stop it right after Joe Rogan's question? Yeah? All right, I'll give you a second. So Rogan is asking a question. I want us to listen to this again and just stop it right after he asks the question. I want us to listen to what the question is. Are we ready? One more second. Do, 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 do. Are we ready? when they're uh, a big news item that's big news controversial. Item. Like, that's controversial. a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York yeah, we Post. have that too. Okay, yeah, so stop. How do you guys deal with big news stories that are controversial? Hunter Biden laptop during the election. Controversial. Right? That was the question. I want you to also remember how he answered the question. These were news items that were controversial, not illegal items, not crimes, not top secret issues. How do you deal with big news items that are controversial? Zuckerberg said, Zuckerberg offered, well, the FBI came to us. You see, one of the things that you learn as a lawyer is how to listen to the answers to the questions. Because quite often, when 
you are asking a witness on the stand a question. That's pretty much what Joe Rogan's doing here. He's asking Zuckerberg as a witness a question. And this happens all the time in the courtroom. And it always drives me nuts because I would train attorneys and they would miss these golden nuggets. How is it that all of the attorney movies, all the courtroom movies, they always have these Perry Mason most moments, aha! right? That's why attorneys lose because they think there's always going to be that aha, amazing confession. That's not how the confessions come, okay? That's not how the Perry Mason moments began. You have to walk them into a corner. You have to listen to the answers of the questions. And quite often, as an attorney asks a question, the person who's answering the question doesn't actually answer the question that was asked. They answer the question they think was asked. Notice Rogan didn't say anything about illegal activity. He didn't say anything about top secret activity. He didn't say anything about classified documents. Hunter Biden's laptop is not classified, guys. So how did Zuckerberg answer the question? The FBI contacted us. There's your Perry Mason aha moment right there. Well, the FBI contacted us and told us you need to be on alert. Now pay attention to what Zuckerberg, how Zuckerberg responds. Zuckerberg didn't say, whoa, this was crazy. The FBI came to us and said, this stuff is going to be released and it's going to be leaked and you need to be on alert. And we were at Facebook like, whoa, wait a minute. Why is the FBI coming to us? What exactly does that mean? This is crazy. Why would the FBI be telling us to watch out and be on alert? No, he didn't say that. He said it like it happens all the time. He said it like it was expected. Well, you know, the FBI came to us and they they told us that, you know, at this time, these documents, these things are going to be released and we're going to need you to be on high alert. What exactly does that mean, by the way? Zuckerberg never said, well, they told us to be on high alert, but we had no idea. What does that mean? Be on high alert? What are we supposed to do with this? No, everything he said was said in a way like he expected the conversation from the FBI. It was not an unusual conversation with the FBI. The FBI telling Facebook to be on alert was not only not unusual, it was an understood command. Do you realize what has just happened here? Do you understand what has just happened here? Zuckerberg has just told us that the censorship on Facebook and Twitter was absolutely commanded by the government. Government censorship. See, this is what I've been saying all along. Facebook censoring people is not a constitutional issue because Facebook is a private corporation. Twitter censoring is not a First Amendment issue because Twitter is a private company. But now that does not matter. That whole private company status, poof, 
out the door, guys. Poof, out the door. Now we have a government actor. We have the corporation's owner telling us that the government is giving commands to a private corporation. Now that private corporation is operating as a government actor. And yes, we, we let me just say, we can't have known that. We strongly suspected it. We truly believed it. But in a court of law, that's not what matters. What we strongly suspect and what we believe is not the standard in a courtroom. It's what we can prove. And here you have recorded testimony from the president founder of the corporation that the FBI is giving orders to censor, and what was the question? Big news stories. Not classified documents, not national security issues, big news issues. Come on now, all the all the lawyers out there, all the conservatives out there who wanted to fund a lawsuit, who wanted to sue Facebook, who wanted to sue Twitter for censorship, this is all you need, guys. And by the way, this is all you need now to get a Freedom of Information Act request and demand copies of all the communications between Facebook and Twitter and the FBI. This is your door to discovery, the legal process of discovery. So this is your open door. This is your open door. This is not something that you have to wait for your state legislators to do like voter fraud. This is not something that you, you this is something you can do. Seriously, this is a private action. All the big talking heads that got kicked off Twitter, all the big talking heads that have been kicked off Facebook or censored by Facebook, now you have your probable cause. Now you have your opportunity to go in and get this evidence. You have it. It's right there. It's on video. It's recorded on the internet. Capture it so it doesn't go away. But I'm serious, there's some deep pocket, high profile people who've been kicked off Twitter, been censored on Facebook. This is this is it. This is your this is your thing. You don't have to wait for a politician. You don't have to have the federal government's permission. You don't need a congressman to do this. This is a civil private lawsuit. This is a civil rights lawsuit. So I just thought that was absolutely stunning right there the whole thing and this is what happens when you let these people sort of chat 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 on long enough they, they tell you exactly what you need to know that they do they tell you what you need to know so there's got to be high profile people that are high profile enough with deep enough pockets that they're not going to be you know silently suicided 
not some average Joe. I'm not talking about average Joe suing. I'm talking about high profile people who did a whole lot of bitching. I was never behind it because it was there was no evidence that there was government action. We knew it was government action. We thought about the funding. We did this. But look, now you got it. It's right there. So today's teach show, because remember, that's what we are. We are a teach show and not a talk show. Today's teach show is going to be about the Fourth Amendment the right to privacy in your property. Go ahead and throw that Fourth Amendment picture up there, Christian. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. No warrant shall issue, but based upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. You see the text. It's right there in front of you. The text is clear. It is in English. It's not in Chinese. You don't need an interpreter to understand it. The words are not in Latin. And there is no word in that list of words we call the Fourth Amendment that is beyond a sixth grader's understanding. We don't need anybody to tell us what it means. We don't even need to tell anybody to tell us what the government can or cannot do. It's all right there. Now, uh, we're going to take a little short break. Christian's going to show you a video about where you can learn more in depth about your right to privacy, your right to security in your property. The only online training source where you can be assured that the training you're getting is not based on what some judge, some lawyer, some, some historian or politician said. What you're being taught is original source education, not information, education. Something that will help you one day. Something you can use and something you need to know. Go ahead, Christian, play the video. to realize there's something that needs to be done. But there's a whole nother thing in knowing what it takes to stand. You've got to count the cost. The only way you can do that is if you are filled with truth and filled with courage. People will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. It's got to be bigger than now. It's got to be about our future. You cannot lose your liberty and stay who you are because God wove that into 
information to do it. LibertyFirstSociety.com, guys. LibertyFirstSociety.com. Simple enough for a sixth grader to learn and understand, but deep with enough depth, with enough volume, that even the serious scholar will always, always learn. That kind of learning. We have students on law school campuses that are using LibertyFirstSociety.com to to study about American history and the Constitution because law schools, they know, they're there, are not teaching the Constitution the way it needs to be taught. So, guys, let's talk about this affidavit. Let's talk about the Mar-a-Lago warrant. Now, I wish I could have the clip that I play for you where I told you exactly what the released document was going to look like. Now you've seen lots of jokes going around about, you know, redacting the whole thing except for three words or something, right? Orange man, bad. But I always knew how it was gonna turn out for two reasons. Number one, because the people can't know the truth about these FBI warrants in general. And number two, the people can't know what these judges are accepting to justify warrants from the FBI in general. So Christian, do you have it up there? the affidavit in support of an application under Rule 41 for a warrant to search and seize. You have that one up there. Okay. So see if you can follow along with me, Christian. We're going to just look at it. Now, what you see in the beginning is what we call the style of the case. In the United States District of Court for the Southern District of Florida, in the matter of the search of locations within the premises to be searched in Attachment A, Uh, the case number file under seal, affidavit in support of an application under Rule 41 for a warrant to search and seize. Now, there really isn't much need for us to spend time going over the entire document, so I'm just going to explain to you a little bit about this. Now, the introduction and agent background. The government is conducting a criminal investigation concerning the improper removal and storage of classified information in unauthorized spaces, as well as the unlawful concealment or removal of government records. The investigation began as a result of a referral in uh, referral the United States National Archives and Records uh, Administration sent to the United States Department of Justice on February 9th, 2022. So now we're gonna hear what it is exactly that the uh, National Archives and Record Administration is accusing, okay? The NRA received from the office of the former President Donald Trump via representative 15 boxes of records. They NARA received, okay? They got them from Donald Trump, 15 boxes of records. The 15 boxes which had been transported from the former president's property um, do, 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 were reported by NARA to contain, among other things, highly classified documents intermingled with other records. 
After an initial review of the NARA referral, the Federal Bureau of Investigation opened a criminal investigation to, among other things, determine how the documents with classification markings and records were removed from the White House. So all of this is about the background about how this came to the White House. Now, if you scroll, and I don't know if you have this open with me, you can do this. Scroll to number three. The FBI's investigation has established that documents bearing classification markings, which appear to contain national defense information, were among the materials contained in the 15 boxes and were stored at the premises in an unauthorized location. Well, now, Christian, you see this big black section? This is the redacted section. This is the section that the court decided you don't need to see. The problem is everything that you can't see, and this is what I told you, the things that will be redacted from this document are the things that provide the evidence for probable cause. They don't want you to see that their standard is not truly probable cause. And as we go through this document, you are going to find out exactly why I'm right. Every time there is evidence that shows that probable cause or is supposed to show or supposed to prove that probable cause, that information is blacked out. I told you that was going to happen, number one, because I believe and I believe the, that the fact that they have redacted everything from this document that is the proof of probable cause proves they don't actually have probable cause. They don't actually have probable cause. They have some lesser standard, some relevance, some mere relevance. We'll look at their language and I'll show you in a little bit exactly what this means. Further, Right? We don't know what further is because we've canceled out further. Further, there is probable cause to believe that additional documents that contain classified national defense information or that presidential records are subject to record retention requirements currently remain on the presence premises. There is also probable cause to believe that the evidence of obstruction will be found at the premises. Let's be very clear about something. The FBI can say in every other sense, sentence, there is probable cause. There is probable cause. In this last sentence, this last sentence, there is also probable cause to believe that evidence of obstruction will be found. That's not probable cause. They can say probable cause in every other sentence does not create the evidence for probable cause. Just because the FBI uses the term probable cause does not mean that probable cause is evidenced. The repeating of the term and the claim of probable cause by the FBI does not create probable cause. Probable cause in the affidavit must be found within the evidence presented in the affidavit from the testimony of eyewitnesses where the judge can discern the credibility of those witnesses and the credibility of the information or the evidence of that 
the existence of those documents. You won't find that in here. You will find nothing that lets you judge the credibility of the witnesses who are alleging that there are these documents because those witnesses have been redacted. You will find nothing in this uh, affidavit that gives you evidence uh, that you can judge the credibility of that evidence regarding the existence or location of these documents because anything about the existence or the location of these documents is redacted. They took it out. I am special agent with the FBI assigned at the Washington office. Who? I don't know. Oh, and hey, there's that really crazy thing about, you know, having the right to confront the witnesses against you. Crazy thing. Having the right to confront the witnesses against you apparently doesn't apply when the FBI is the witness against you. During this time, I've received training at the FBI Academy located at Quantico, Virginia, specific counterintelligence and espionage investigations, and then some other training we're not allowed to know about. Based on my experience and training that we're not allowed to know about, I am familiar, this, this was the craziest wording, okay? This is their expert witness who's gonna provide probable cause to raid a former president's house for documents. This is the crazy sentence. Listen to this. Based on my experience and training, I am familiar with efforts used to unlawfully collect, retain, and disseminate sensitive government information, including classified NDI, national defense information. You're familiar with it? You're familiar with the efforts used to unlawfully collect, retain, and disseminate uh, Disseminate sensitive government information? What exactly does that mean? Because here's the thing. I've been through that training. I had a top secret clearance. I was military intelligence. What that training is talking about are people who are actually engaging in espionage with the intent to actually engage in espionage. There has to be specific training about a presidential authorization to have documents after being a president. There has to be some specialized training. Your general training about espionage does not fit this scenario. We're not talking about the people who snuck coolers of paperwork out of the NSA building and traded it to the Chinese. We're talking about a president who took documents he was told he was allowed to take. And we know that because of what is attached to the affidavit. So that was just the craziest. See, this is why you can't, this is why they've redacted this stuff. You cannot question the credibility of these people because you don't know their training. You don't know what it is. What's his specific training? If he hasn't had training on, can the president declassify documents? No, if this was not the president of the United States and somebody who simply worked at the at NSA, the National Security Agency, somebody who worked at the FBI office, somebody who worked for the CIA, then, you know, he has some credibility. But this is a specialized situation. What does he know about 
presidential declassification of documents. What does he know? What's classified? What's not? So here we go. Now, just scroll down. I'm going to scroll fast here, Jason. Uh, Christian. The rest of this stuff is all about the markings of documents. Well, surely he knows he's trained. He's trying to show that he's an expert. But what he's showing that he's an expert on is not relevant in this particular situation. He has no credibility in this particular situation. What the law is, all this other stuff, keep scrolling. Um, scroll down to page, the bottom of page seven, Christian, where it says probable cause. Okay? Probable cause. NARA referral. 24. On February 9th, 2022, the special agent in charge of NRA's office of the inspector general sent the NRA referral to via email to the DOJ. We already know that. The referral stated, according to the NRA White House liaison, division director, a preliminary review of the 15 boxes indicated that they contained newspapers, magazines, printed news articles, photos, miscellaneous printouts, notes, presidential correspondence, personal and post-presidential records, and quote, a lot of classified records. How do you have a list with that kind of detail and then you get to this sort of anticlimactic juvenile a lot, a lot of classified records. This thing stinks to high heaven. If I had been the judge and I have over a decade in criminal law, we've worked these warrants, I know what they're supposed to look like. If I'd have been a judge, I'd be like, no way in hell. This is not an affid. This is not a sufficient affidavit. Go back and try again. Okay. So all of these things have to do this. Sorry. The letter stated that because the NARI identified classified information, we're now on page eight. Uh, because the NARA identified classified information a lot, mind you. The NRA staff has been in communication with the Department of Justice. None of this is probable cause, by the way. It's the basic of probable cause. Now they're going to complain. Go down to page nine. Statement by Donald Trump. They reference that in page eight. Um, talking about how uh, the NRA, NARA, I see the NRA, that's the gun people, the NARA, received a letter that was publicly available from Donald Trump. Um, Save America Political Action Committee, PAC, posted the following statement on behalf of former President Donald Trump. The National Archives did not, quote, find anything they were given upon request presidential records in an ordinary and routine process to ensure the preservation of my legacy in accordance with Presidential Records Act. And this is, if you go to page nine, you see the little thing. Now, remember, what is the title of this section of the affidavit? The title of this section of the affidavit is Probable Cause. Are you ready to start scrolling, Christian? Now let's see where the probable cause is for the raid. Here we go. 
Oh, look at this, 26, 27, bottom of page nine, start of page 10, 28, 29, bottom of page 10, top of page 11. Oh, wow, look at there. Well, we got two and a half, three pages of nothing in the whole section about probable cause. Now we're on page 11 and we get some words. Boxes containing documents were transported from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. According to a CBS Miami article titled, Moving Trucks Spotted at Mar-a-Lago. This is all you get to see in the presidential, in, in the uh, affidavit against the former president regarding probable cause. A reference to a CBS Miami article, Moving Trucks Spotted at Mar-a-Lago. Mar at least two moving trucks were spotted at Mar-a-Lago. Oh my gosh, the man just moved from Washington, D.C. The existence of moving trucks is not evidence of probable cause of illicit documents. All right, Christian, ready? Let's keep going. The rest of 30 is redacted. 31 is redacted. 32 is redacted. Oh my goodness, now we've got 33 that's 32, that big black square is probably a photograph that we're not allowed to see. 33 is redacted. 34 is redacted, paged on to 13. 35, 36, 37. The probable cause affidavit in a section on the provision of the 15 boxes. Now we're getting into the real thing that really matters, right? For probable cause, the probable cause of the contents of the 15 boxes. Oops, here we go. Redacted. Oh, 39. On May, on or about May 16, NRA made a request for the missing PRA records and continued to make requests until approximately late December 21, 2021, when the NARA was informed 12 boxes were found and ready for retrieval. We already know that. That's not probable cause that there are illicit documents, improperly stored documents. Presidents are allowed to take stuff home with them. We have additional information already now, all the way down in the probable cause section, that Donald Trump gave them access to these boxes. Not hiding anything. Donald Trump was not hiding anything. But what is the FBI hiding? Everything. The most important things, the probable cause. Let's go, keep going, 39. Oh, there's another picture, 40, 41. The entire probable cause section of this affidavit, the most important part of the entire affidavit, the only affidavit part that actually matters in a warrant. Well, one of the only two affidavit portions that matter in the warrant, probable cause and the credibility of the witnesses. All right, Christian, scroll down to page, top of page 17. Now we have 47 FBI agents conducted a preliminary review of 15 boxes provided to the NARA. Um, provided to the NARA, these are not even in his custody anymore. Why do we have to go raid Donald Trump's house if the 15 boxes that have always been alleged to be the 15 boxes that existed are not even in Donald Trump's 
possession. They're in the NARA possession. Why do you have to have a warrant? Fine, charge him with uh, improper security of, of, of confidential documents. Top, charge him with improperly taking these documents if you can. By the way, if they could, they would have. But they can't because the president has an executive authority to declassify documents. I want to say that again. The NARA has these documents. If the FBI wanted to charge him for improper handling of classified documents, they have the documents. They could charge him, but they can't. But they want to establish a probable cause to go in his house and raid his house for nine hours. Well, it's interesting because everything that's a probable cause, keep scrolling, Christian. So here we are. Scroll down page 18. Scroll uh, 19. Oh, we got a little bit there. Oh, a Breitbart article is referenced in our probable cause thing. Um, letters from the council. That's fine. That has nothing to do this with this. Oh, um, Let's see. I'm aware of an article published by Breitbart on May 5th, 2022, which states that Cash Patel, who is described as a former top uh, former presidential administration official, characterized as misleading reports in other news organizations. This is an this is an attack on Breitbart. This has nothing to do with probable cause that there are documents being stored. All right. Scroll down to page 20. All right. Scroll down to page 21. Page 22. All right. On June 20, June 8th, 2022, DOJ counsel sent the former president counsel a letter which re reiterated that the premises are not authorized to store classified information and requested the preservation of the storage room and boxes that had been removed uh, from the White House to the premises, specifically the letter. This is this is more DOJ accusation, okay? All this is is DOJ accusation. This is not probable cause of evidence of existence. Keep scrolling now. Let's see. Page 23, page 24, page 25, page 26. Oh, let's this one. There is probably, check out this, stop at 70. Where are you, Christian? Are you at 70? Okay. There is probable cause to believe the documents containing classified NDI and potential records remain at the premises. There's probable cause, they say, but now you can't see it. The accusation, the claim of probable cause does not create probable cause, guys does not create probable cause. You have the header right there on page uh, 26, the section that is supposed to prove the statement that you're allowed to see. Everything is redacted. All their claims unsubstantiated because everything that matters is redacted. Go to the bottom of page 
uh, go to page, Christian, go to page 29. 77, are you ready? Based upon this investigation, I believe that the storage room, for former president's residential suite, Pine Hall, the 45 office, and other spaces which in the premises are not currently authorized locations for the storage of classified information or NDI. Similarly, based on this application, this investigation, I do not believe that any spaces. You know what? Believing is an evidence, guys. And believing is not the standard of probable cause. That is not the standard, I believe. I believe it's there. I believe this is it. If this agent... I don't know. Maybe we're pathetically training these guys and they don't actually know the standard of probable cause. I don't know. Or maybe what he's doing is covering his own butt because he knows this, this petition, this affidavit is crap. He's not making any definitive, any positive assertions whatsoever. I believe. Sorry. That's not standard for probable cause, guys. As described above, evidence of the subject offenses has been stored in multiple locations or premises. Right there on 78. As described above. As described above where? Oh, I see a bunch of black lines. Accordingly, this affidavit seeks authorization to search the 45 office and all storage rooms and any other rooms or locations where boxes or records may be stored within the premises as further described in attachment A. Based on the foregoing facts, Christian, we're down on page 30. I'm sorry, I don't know if you're following me here. Based on the foregoing facts and circumstances, I submit that probable cause exists to believe that evidence, contraband, fruits of crime, or other Ill items illegally possessed in violation of 18 U.S.C. section 793E2071 or 1519 will be found. I believe they'll be found there. Look, guys. This is just, it's its just incredible how predictable these people are. How absolutely predictably wicked, immoral, unethical these people are. Special agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, whom we're not allowed to see. Go ahead and scroll down, Christian, to page 32. We're not allowed to see who he is. Donald Trump's not allowed to see the witness who's bringing uh, an accusation against him. And most importantly, the most important part, Judge Bruce Reinhart allowed them to redact everything that matters to probable cause. I want you to understand something, guys. Without being able to challenge the claim of probable cause, Donald Trump's attorneys can't even challenge this warrant. Reinhardt has just established that the FBI can say whatever they want. And all of their allegations, whether they be baseless or not, 
They may be absolutely accurate. They may be truthful. If they're truthful, why hide them from us? You cannot tell me that everything in the affidavit, in, in the majority, 90% of the affidavit is open to be seen, including the uh, including what is being alleged by the NARA to the DOJ. And then 99.9% of the affidavit that has to do with the proof required to create the warrant, to authorize the warrant, is top secret. I call BS. And if they have the audacity, if they have the security in feeling like they are so beyond reproach, beyond question, and above the law, and even more so above the Constitution. If these agents and this judge feel this way to raid a former president's house, you have no protection as a human being in America from these people. You find yourself on the wrong side of politics. You find yourself backing for, working for the wrong campaign. You find yourself making a donation to the wrong campaign. The only reason this is getting the light of day is because it's Trump. This happens to Americans all the time. This has been happening to Americans since 2001 in the Patriot Act. It's time, guys, time for this to stop. And I mean stop. There is no credibility in this document whatsoever. If you have two people fighting over an issue and one person says, let everybody see it. Let's all look at it. Let's all put it out in the sunshine so we can look through it. And the other person on the other side of the argument is saying, no, nobody can see this but me. Guess which one is lying? I'm just saying. So, Christian, I want you to scroll down to page 34 of the document, please. Silverman, Thompson, Slutkin, White, Attorneys at Law. Got that one? All right. This is a letter from the office, the legal office representing Donald Trump to Jay Bratt, Esquire Chief, Counterintelligence and Export Control Section, National Security Division, U.S. Department of Justice, regarding presidential records. In this letter from the attorney, go ahead and scroll down to number 35 now, please. This letter provides the law that the president has an absolutely an absolute authority to declassify documents, that presidential actions involving classified documents are not subject to criminal sanction, And then the understanding 
that the Department of Justice should not be operating as a political arm? If you have to redact the entire affidavit that establishes, allegedly establishes probable cause for a search, you're not dealing with facts, you're dealing with politics. If you're a judge that will authorize a warrant, let me say this, if you are a judge that will authorize a warrant in which the public cannot see the probable cause, you are not a constitutional Article Three judge, you are a politician. Scroll down to the bottom where it says DOJ must be candid with judges and present exculpatory evidence. What's the exculpatory evidence? The exculpatory evidence is, okay, let me tell you. Exculpatory evidence is evidence that actually proves the innocence of Donald Trump. What evidence proves the innocence of Donald Trump? Well, the fact that they had no probable cause, but the fact, number one, that under that uh, the president has absolute authority to declassify documents and that the presidential actions involving declassified documents are not subject to criminal sanction for the president. No, not there. They provided the letter, but apparently the judge, you know, you don't red act that. Just the things that prove that what the FBI has alleged that overcomes that. Well, guys, the warrant itself um, is also available. You can go look at the warrant itself. The warrant really doesn't tell you anything. What's interesting is the property receipt at the end. Can you go ahead and pull that up? No, it's the net other document. Yeah. Yep, that's fine. I got to get Christian time to pull that up. Yes. Listen to me, guys. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Christian, go ahead and put the Fourth Amendment up there real quick. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. No warrant shall be issued. No warrant shall be issued without probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, Subject to due process. What difference does an oath or affirmation make if you're swearing to a judge and nobody gets to actually judge the credibility of the document? It's not about swearing to a judge, guys. It's about the ability of checks and balances of the credibility. If you swear to it, now I can vet you because if you lied under oath, now guess what? That's perjury. But if I have a document that you may or may not have committed perjury to, and I'm not allowed to actually look at the document, I'm not actually allowed to, to critically look at the document, then you don't, I don't know, you don't know whether you committed perjury or not. Well, you know if you committed perjury, but nobody else will. 
It's a farce. It makes our judicial system a mockery. A warrant based upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched or the persons or things to be seized. That warrant has to be based on probable cause. That probable cause must be based on particularities. How do you judge the particularities when the particularities are redacted? I'm telling you, I told you this is what it was going to look like. Because there is no probable cause, guys. The FBI has not operated under the probable cause standard since 2001. And they're sure as heck not going to change that now. So go ahead and put that up, Christian. The property receipt. <clears throat> Just scroll through that property receipt for a second. Because what do you know about this property receipt? What I mean, seriously, what do you know about this property? A binder of photos, handwritten note. What kind of crap is this? A property receipt is supposed to establish a chain of command for particular. Where's the particularity here? A box labeled A1 through 5. Is it an empty box? Does it have stuff in it? Does it have Legos? Stale donuts? This is, this is pathetic. You notice how they they redacted at the end. Can you go all the way to the bottom of the property receipt, Christian? They redacted at the end the person it was received from. It's, I think it's actually the last document in the whole list of the, there we go. Received from. We don't get to see who this person is who turned in this pathetic bunch of stuff. Miscellaneous top secret documents. This is terrible, guys. There is no chain of command here. Now, when, when this stuff is brought before the court, if it is, as evidence against Donald Trump, as an attorney, you want to get these things excluded from evidence. It's called fruit of the poisonous tree. That's when evidence is seized outside the rules and outside the constitutional standard for seizing evidence. Fruit of the poisonous tree also can exist with improper records and improper storage of material. I don't know if you remember um, the OJ Simpson trial where the glove, right? If the glove does not fit, you must acquit. The glove was stored in the in the investigators and the detectives' trunk. Well, they could have had that excluded. They didn't need to get it excluded because Cochran knew that the glove was not going to fit. 
and that he would be acquitted. So as an attorney, I would have the option to choose whether I wanted to pursue that to have it excluded because it did not follow proper evidentiary chain of commands. You cannot have evidence sitting in your trunk. But in the same respect on this evidence, go ahead and go to the property list, the receipt for property, this evidence list, how do I know chain of command when I don't know anything that's in these boxes, in these documents, anything? How do I challenge this? Because you see, now the purpose of the warrant, uh, knowing the warrant and the purpose of the receipt for property are in the fact that Donald Trump's attorneys can have this stuff excluded from the court's evidentiary procedures and consideration by not following the rules. But because everything is redacted, you can't even see that. I want to read to you the Sixth Amendment. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Public, guys. Meaning the public gets to see everything, all the evidence. There's no secret evidence out there in a public trial. Uh, let's see. To be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation to to be confronted with witnesses against him. To have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor. So he's being denied knowledge of the witnesses against him. It's all been redacted. And he has the right to obtain witnesses in his favor. How can he possibly obtain witnesses in his favor when he doesn't even know the evidence that he needs to rebut? This is a mockery of due process. This is an insult to our criminal, to the establishment of our constitutional judicial system. This is what real destruction of government trust looks like. There's, there's no reason we should trust these people anymore. It's done. It's over. Right now, let me tell you this. Right now, every governor of every of these United States should be issuing a resolution, an executive memorandum that says... The public trust in the state of Florida no longer exists for the FBI. Therefore, until that public trust is completely restored, the Federal Bureau of Investigation will have no authority and no jurisdiction within our state without first seeking special and specific permission from the local sheriff. Zero credibility, guys. That the and I'm telling you, it's the audacity. The audacity. Now it could be that they're like, oh crap, you know, now we gotta make this public. What are we gonna do about it? We'll just take it all off. They got caught with their pants down. But here's the problem: the audacity began when they thought they could get away with this with the former president of the United States. 
They've been getting away with it with the general public since 2001. This is the habit they've created. This is the standard for their operating procedures. They have no moral, no ethical basis anymore. They are in their minds, they are above the law. I should have, Christian, I should have had you had that video clip of Denzel Washington from that that movie Training Day where Denzel goes, I am the police. That's the mentality of your FBI these days, guys. The mentality of your FBI is I don't have to follow the law. I don't have to follow the Constitution. I don't have to follow the rules because I am the police. And it's time for a check and balance, guys. And that check and balance is most strongly exercised through the state, through your local sheriff. If you all live in a state where your governor doesn't have the gonads to write a letter like that, then your sheriff needs to. Your sheriff needs to write a letter that says, I'm sorry, I have no public confidence in the FBI. There is way too much evidence that they feel themselves above the Constitution and above the law. And so in my county, there will be no activity, no execution of warrants, no investigations by the FBI unless they come to me first and get my permission because I'm going to hold them to the standard of the Constitution of my state and of the Constitution of the United States. And if they can't follow the constitution of my state or the constitution of my U.S. or they cannot follow the constitution of my state and they cannot follow the constitution of the United States, then they will have no authority here. If they try to exercise authority in my county without my authority, without my permission, or in spite of my denial of such, I will arrest them for trespassing on any of my county property. And that's exactly what needs to happen, period. That's where we are. If you don't understand that jurisdiction, you don't understand that power by the sheriff, then you need to watch my documentary, noncompliantmovie.com noncompliantmovie.com will prove to you what I'm telling you right now is not only true, but is the duty and the authority of the sheriff. In October, we have a new trailer coming out, or we have a new movie coming out, Noncompliant 2, all about the sheriff. All about the sheriff. Christian, can you play those two trailers for me? I'm going to, we're, we're going to, We're going to wrap up the show, but first I want you to see these two trailers. The two trailers for our upcoming documentary, Noncompliant 2, about the sheriff. You can go watch these trailers on your own at noncompliantmovie.com. Give me a thumbs up when you're ready, Christian. All right, go ahead. A voicemail on the church phone. The voicemail was from the New Mexico State Police and the officer said that New Hope Revival Church is non-essential and must shut down. I knew I needed to connect with the sheriff. I knew it was the chief law enforcement of the region. I remembered uh, getting to attend a a Chris Ann Hall seminar in Albuquerque, and and she had talked about the the Shire Reeves. And I said, listen, I want to know if you'll stand for God right. 
And he looked me right in the eyes and he goes, Pastor, I will defend you, even if it means I got to go to jail myself. Pastor stood in the pulpit and said, Government doesn't own my church, it's under the head of Christ, and government cannot shut down my church. And this sheriff arrested him for it. We're not stopping, we'll never stop, we'll never comply. It'll be a cold day in hell, with the devil singing Frosty the Snowman. We will never bow, and we'll never comply. It's time for you to stand up and say no. trailer christian doesn't that last one get you all fired up i was like go to noncompliantmovie.com and watch those trailers they're just they're so inspirational and you'll be just excited about the coming of non-compliant too as we are well thank you so much for joining me on today's show i hope this analysis has helped you i don't know what you're going to hear from the talking heads i don't know what's going to be put out there but I wanted to make sure that you had access to truth, that you had access to the information. We showed you the documents. We walked you through it. I hope this helped maybe a little bit more in depth than you wanted, but you have everything you need to make your own decisions. You don't have to now take what somebody else says, and maybe you can help other people and correct them too. So make sure that you like and share, that you go ahead and leave your comments below. When you leave your comments, it helps spread the message. When, as part of your comments, why don't you lead, leave a message to people who are scrolling through the comments about the things that you've learned and about why they have to watch this program. Thank you so much for joining me today. I want to say thank you personally to Christian. I'm so grateful for everything that he does for me and everything that he does for you. Leave a comment down below on how grateful you are that Christian helps us make this happen. He's a tireless worker and he's an eager worker, and I'm so grateful to have him as a part of our team. Thank you so much, guys, and God bless. Have a fabulous weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up 
upon a single person. And then everybody else will stay.